Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join me in the third step prayer. We're going to do it slowly, one breath at a time, one line at a time. With a few breaths in between each line to actually do what the prayer is asking us to do or not do what it's asking us to not do. So, the first line of the prayer for me is the word God. I just breathe in God. And I allow myself to take a few breaths and to try to connect with this thing that I call God or higher power, infinite intelligence. I call inwardly to it like I would call to a friend to try to make the connection. And I breathe out. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths. And I like to ask myself, really? Do I really offer myself to my higher power right here, right now? All of me? breathe in, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths and I try to see if there's no sense or a knowing or a feeling of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today, right now. And I breathe out, relieve me of the bondage of self. And again, I take a few breaths and I try to see what it might feel like or sound like or be like. If I had no bondage of self, no story, no old ideas, no opinions, just a quiet, open mind. breathe in, that I may better do thy will. Again, I take a few breaths and contemplate how much better could I do God's will if I had that quiet mind. And I breathe out. Take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths and I look over my day today so far. And I try to see or identify what have been my difficulties. What has gotten in the way of me being the person that I think God would have me be today. breathe in, that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths and I think about the people I might come in contact with the rest of today. And I think about how I might affect them if I truly was an example of God's power and God's love and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do 
Thy will always. And I allow myself to smile and I take a few breaths and I picture myself doing God's will right here, right now, always. Gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to become aware that now that your eyes are open, you're seeing. And take a few breaths and let your eyes wander around the space where you are. And try to keep your attention as you're seeing on the fact that you're seeing. Not a story about what you're seeing, but that seeing is happening. Again, I just have to show you this because this is what I'm seeing today. <laughs> it was my wife's uh, birthday on February 16th, I got her those flowers. Now I'm telling you a story about flowers, but they are beautiful to look at. Okay, so I'm Randy and I am alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol. I can never ever drink alcohol successfully ever again, one day at a time today, ever. Um, the reason I can't drink alcohol is because I'm allergic to it. It's not good, it's not bad, it's an allergy. I can't drink it, I will have an allergic reaction. I will black out, I will crave more. There's no telling when I'm gonna stop. I'll do some crazy stuff and I will crash cars and trash relationships and lose jobs, among other things. I know that about me because I have done it over and over and over again. The reason I drink, if I was to drink today, the reason I would drink today would be because of alcoholism, a disease that centers in my mind, a disease that talks to me in my own voice. And hopefully during that 20 minutes, uh, well, for me, I got to see what my mind is up to today, what it's excited about, what it wants to capture my, my attention with. And when I can see that, and I can identify that I have alcoholism, that I have an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry and easily frustrated and can't stand the word no, when I can see that, then I can start to have recovery. If I don't see that I have the disease today, if I don't see it, if I'm not aware of it, I'm not going to treat it. I'm going to pretend... Like, I got this. <laughs> I'm going to think that I'm normal, whatever that means. I've never been normal. I don't know what normal is. I don't know what normal looks like. It's never been my experience to be normal. I think for as long as I can remember, I've had an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind. And for me, my normal is to have negative thoughts about things. And I've read The Power of Positive Thinking, and I have practiced positive thinking as a way of life. And positive thinking is really a good thing to practice if you don't have alcoholism. But my alcoholism will turn any positive thought into a negative thought, eventually. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's not really that funny. Uh, all right, so... There's 12 steps, 12 steps in an order form, which if practiced as a way of life can expel my obsession to drink. So I'm no longer needing a drink today and can enable me to become happily and usefully whole today, right now, happy. That's crazy for someone like me. Um, it starts out with admitting complete defeat for me right here, right now, today. I'm a complete defeat at being okay at this meeting today, right now. 
on my own power. My mind will talk to me and it will find fault. It'll find fault with you. It'll find fault with me. It'll find fault with the meeting. It'll find fault with your haircut or your eye color. It'll find fault. That's what it does. Um, so when I become aware that, that that's who I am and I admit that I'm a complete defeat at being okay, I get to start to come to believe right now that there's a power greater than me and that that power, the one that's greater than me, is the one that's going to restore me to sanity. I'm not going to be able to use power, the power of positive thinking to restore me to sanity or any other kind of self-talk to restore me to sanity. I'm not going to be able to buy me a new car to restore me to sanity or make enough money to restore me to sanity or find somebody to love me enough that will restore me to sanity. I'm not going to be able to move to the right location to restore me to sanity. Nothing outside of me is going to restore me to sanity. <clears throat> and my mind is not capable of restoring me to sanity. But God could and would if it were sought. So I better start sodding. And the way that I sought to have this relationship with this higher power is through rightly relating myself to, through talking to it. Right here, right now, God, could you be with me? Could you help me to be present at this meeting? Could you help me to be aware of what's happening in this moment? Just this one? Nothing is attacking me. I am not running out of money right now because I am not spending any. I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty. I'm not lacking anything in this moment. This is the best moment there ever was. I'm not working. I'm just sitting here in a chair. All of my troubles, <clears throat> if I have any troubles right now sitting here in this chair, all of my troubles are of my own making. All of my troubles right now would be something that my mind would be telling me about something that's not going to work out in the, in the future or something that hasn't worked out in the past. And all of my troubles right here, right now in this moment would be of my own making. And I have to see that. And that's why meditation is so fantastic and, and stopping and praying and really praying the words and really experiencing what the prayer is saying in the moment that I'm doing it, that I'm praying, is so important. Because saying the third step prayer as words is... For me, it's just another technique of me trying to distract myself from the pain that I'm in long enough so that I could get out of the pain I'm in about something that I don't have so that maybe that maybe that if I get out of the pain of not having the thing that my mind tells me is the thing that would make me happy, maybe that would um, free me up to get that thing and then I could be happy. <laughs> so I use prayer as a tool to get what I want, <clears throat> which is just another form of trying to restore myself to sanity. I just use prayer. Instead of allowing the prayer to live through me so that I could have what the prayer is, is saying right here, right now. And when I do that, when I do pray, when I do slow down, when I do share my life and rightly relate myself to my higher power right now, I get quiet. My mind gets quiet and it's beautiful and I am happily and usefully whole in this moment. And that's the only way that I can get there. It's through the application of the first three steps. And then I'm here and something happens and I'm reminded that I resent somebody. The phone rings, I remember something, I see a cup and the cup reminds me of a person and then my mind wants to tell me about the person in the cup and why my life is terrible and all I did was see a cup and it could have just been a seeing, a sighting of a cup, but now it's a, it's a, uh, now it's emotional torture that I saw this cup that reminds me of that person and now I'm all back in my alcoholism again, just like that, just like that. And I got to start over again. 
and I got to start applying those first three steps again. And eventually I'm going to have to deal with those resentments. I'm going to have to put them on paper. I'm going to have to see the truth in them. I'm going to have to see that the cup is just a cup. It's not a torture chamber. It doesn't have to remind me of something terrible that happened to me before. It's just a cup. I'm just seeing it. I'm just seeing it right now. <clears throat> it's just a name of a person. It doesn't have to hurt so bad. It's not hurting me right now. That person's not here right now, but my story about that person will kill me. So I put it on paper and I see the truth about it. And then I get to step five and I get to admit to myself and to God and to another human being the exact nature of my wrongs, my wrongs, mine, where I'm wrong. I, I usually talk about this in step 10, because in step 10, it says, step 10 says, I continue to take personal inventory. I continue to look at my life, at where I'm at right now. And when I'm wrong, I promptly admit it. <clears throat> but I have never been wrong before. I've done a lot of bad things, but I've never been wrong because I only did those bad things because you made me. I am not a liar. I would never lie to you. Never. And I promise you, I would never lie to you unless you forced me to. If you put me in a corner and the only way out to not hurt you or not hurt me was to lie, I'm lying. Now, I don't think of myself as a liar. I think of myself as doing the right thing in the moment. And I, and I tell, and I will tell you to your face, I would never lie to you. I would never lie to you. <laughs> but I have lied a lot. And I don't see myself as a cheater or a stealer or a, or a lawbreaker. But I've done all those things. But I've never done them because of me. I never did them because I wanted to. I only did them because you made me. And so in this step five, this is the first time. For the first time in my life, I'm going to admit my wrongs. Where my lies were lies. Whether they were good lies or bad lies or lies to protect you or lies to hurt you, they were lies. And I am a liar. And I'm going to see it. And I'm going to admit it to myself and to God and to another human being so that I could become a character that could maybe not lie. No, under, no matter what. No matter what. Not for your good or my good. Um, and, uh, oh, we left off at the bottom of page 55, right? Valerie, you were going to help me, right? On, on step five? Oh, I made it so nobody can unmute themselves. Is that where we are, Valerie? I have page 75, Returning Home. Oh, that's in the big book. We read the first page of the 12 and 12 then. Oh, We okay. did that. All right. All right. Sorry. Thank you. All right, so if, if memory receives me. At the bottom of, the f of page 55, if I'm wrong, somebody point it out. Okay. But of the things which really bother or burn me, I say nothing. Certain distressing or humiliating memories, I tell myself no one ought to not, ought not be shared with anyone. These will remain my secret. Not a soul must know. I hope they'll go to my grave with me. So I have this idea, self has this idea that if I don't tell this to anybody, that I'll be okay. And it's exactly the opposite in step five. It's exactly the opposite. Because what it says, in, what it says on page 75 is, I pocket my pride. I go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of my past. Once I have taken this step, withholding nothing, I am delighted. I am delighted. Again, I, I love that word. When was the last time 
you said out loud or to anybody else, I'm delighted. Somebody says, how are you doing? Tell them, I'm delighted. I've done my fifth step. I'm delighted. Yet if AA experience means anything at all, this is not only unwise, but it is actually a perilous resolve. Few muddled attitudes have caused, more, have caused me more trouble than holding back on step five. Some people are unable to stay sober at all. Others will relapse periodically until they clean house. Even AA old-timers like me, sober for years, often pay, the, pay dearly for skimping on this step. So there's really, there's really four parts to the fourth step. There's the resentment inventory. There's the fear inventory. There's the sex or the relationship inventory. And then there's the things I will never tell anybody that are going to the grave with me inventory. I will tell how I tried to carry the load alone, how much I suffered of irritability, anxiety, remorse, and depression, and how unconsciously seeking relief I would sometimes accuse even my best friends of the very character defects I myself was trying to conceal. How many times have I found fault with you, which were really my own faults? Because here's the thing, we're, it's, it's a very common thing that you hear in AA, we're only as sick as our secrets. I'm only as sick as my secrets. But the reason I'm as sick as my secrets because I think that if I do that, everybody does it. And so if I'm doing something that I think is very, very bad, I think everybody's doing it. And I become irritable, anxious, remorse, and depressed, living in a world where I think everybody does the thing that I'm trying to hide. But once I unhide it, once I share it with my sponsor, there's a freedom in that. That the, the anxiety of it coming crashing down on me goes away. I always discover that relief never comes by confessing the sins of other people. I have to confess my own. That is a life-changing sentence. This is another one of those things, if I was to get a tattoo, <laughs> this would be the one. I always discover that relief never comes by confessing other people's faults, by complaining, by fault-finding. I have to confess my own. I have to see my own. And that's where the, that's where the relief comes. All of the relief is in confessing my own. I'm going to say it again because it's so powerful. I have discovered that my relief only comes when I confess my own sins, my own faults, my own shortcomings. It never comes in complaining or finding fault in others. Now, just take a moment, one moment, and search back in your life and see how much relief never came in all of the complaining that you've done about your parents, about your siblings, about your teachers, about your bosses, about how other people drive. There's no relief in that. Every... Everything I need, 
There's a lot of good spiritual books out there. There are a lot of them, and I read a lot of them. I love reading spiritual material. But everything that I need to have a very deep and effective spiritual experience is in the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And if, if, if I'm here and I'm saying that I'm an alcoholic with alcoholism, I need to go as deep as I can into this program. And I need to keep AA and the 12 Steps number one. Number one. You can add church, you can add religion, you can add anything else you want, you can add it. But AA and the 12 steps and this way of life has to be number one. There's confession in a lot of religions. There's the idea of, t- of talking about yourself. And when I say the word confession, it, it completely has uh, religious connotations. And when I say uh, confess my own, my, and we talk about sins, that's 100% religion and gets, my, gets me uh, angry because I don't like religion. <laughs> I don't like it. And and so those two words in the same sentence conf, you know confession and sins I'm like, "Oh, get out get out of here." I don't I got nothing that you nothing else you say is going in cuz you just took me to church and I'm not going there. But no relief comes by complaining about the faults of others, I have to see my own, okay? To take it completely out of religious context. So I'm gonna stop there. Uh, I'm so grateful that you all came today and that I got to meditate with you and, and pray with you and share a little bit of my life with you. And uh, we're going to open the meeting up now for sharing. The meeting goes till 1230. If you have to leave early, no problem. Just just, uh, just go. But um, it's open now for you to share. So you can share about what was read or about the fifth step or about anything you want to share about. Um, you can also ask a question if you want to ask a question. Uh, if you do share, we're recording this. So it's going to be recorded and we make it available on some podcasting sites. So just be aware of that. If you share, it will be recorded. If you ask me to, I can pause the recording when you're sharing. You can either do that in the chat or you can do it. um, You can just ask me when it's your turn to share. Okay, Anastasia, you are up. Hi, everyone. Uh, Anastasia, addict alcoholic. Um, yeah, I loved hearing that. That's such a great reminder because it's true. You know, there's um, no peace for me if I'm ruminating about what was said or done, just like there's no peace for me uh, in the future. I had a sponsor say that to me once. I was worried about something in the future. She's like, Anastasia, there's no peace in the future. I'm like, all right, if I go over and over something, whether it's a resentment or something that might happen or will happen and how might it happen, just like if I have a resentment with a person, it doesn't really bring any peace. And I was talking to someone about this actually um, yesterday and um, how it's just kind of like this survivalistic alcoholism that's just in the wild, you know, and it's looking out for what might go wrong and it's preparing in case something happens or if something moves in the bushes, alcoholism is like, what is it? How did it move? How did it smell? Where did it go? And what did it say to me? What am I going to say when I see it again? It's this um, exaggerated, really addictive, survivalistic trait that my disease really thrives in. And I try to have some compassion when that happens or recognize that my disease is trying to keep me safe and it just doesn't work. You know, it's like I can't banish an enemy in my mind if I focus on it. But part of my disease thinks like if I really target this thing, like as if it's going to resolve something somehow. But for me, it comes down to um, a lack of feeling safe. And I just forget that in the moment. But if I can remember that, it's like, oh, my instincts are in overdrive for safety and security. 
um, then I can remember God because I can't go to drugs and alcohol and being addicted to thinking doesn't work like drugs or alcohol because there's no chemical relief that comes after 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I just get worse and worse. Um, so, um, I recognize for me personally, that was happening around something lately. There's some tenant harassment happening between me and my wonderful rent control apartment that I have in the San Francisco Bay area and my landlady who appears to be maybe getting ready to sell the building. And, um, so that brings up thoughts and insecurities and then the God idea came in, you know, it's like, instead of looking at her faults and what might happen to me, it's like, well, you know, this is God, this is all God, you know, making changes for me in my life to birth me wherever I might need to go next when the time comes and, um, you know, kind of pick my battles carefully. It's like, I can choose to keep focusing on things that were said and done that are out of whack. Um, or just put my focus on being with God and being in the day that I'm in and things that have nothing to do with that obsession, then I start to feel a little bit better. But my alcoholism doesn't want to do that. It wants to fight and keep me crazy. So that going to a higher power in that second step really takes like a conscious concerted effort. So like you say, it's good to know what I'm up against just enough so I can really get to the solution of what's going on behind it, which is not, you know, what's happening with the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Thanks. Thanks, Anastasia. Annie. Hi, um, Randy. I wanted to ask a question. It was sure. something that you said, or I thought I heard you say, and it was after the step three prayer. And you, you said something along the lines of, I tried to allow the prayer to live through me rather than praying as a as a kind of trick or a tactic to quieten my mind. Could you kind of break that down or just elaborate a bit more on that, please? Sure. Um, when I get into emotional pain about something, I will instinctively because of all the time that I've had in this program praying and meditating and knowing that that's what I need to do I will turn to that to try to quiet my mind but I turn to the words I turn to the repetition I turn to the idea that the prayer is somehow going to help me by saying words but what helps me is doing what the prayer says I offer myself to you. Oh, really? Is that words that I'm saying or is that an offering? Am I offering myself? Am I really right here, right now offering myself? Or am I trying to get you through this prayer to fix the problem that I have so that I could be okay? And it's just a little different. It's just a little, it's just this, it's, it's like the difference between self-talking and rightly relating myself to God. It's still, there's still chatter going on. It's just not me chattering with the disease. It's me chattering with this higher power. But then that chatter has to lead to, so there's, there's the prayer, which is the petition to God. And then there's the action, the doing what the prayer says. So if I'm going to say I offer myself to thee, it would behoove me to stop trying to get what I'm trying to get to be okay and start offering myself. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so it's what you're saying is the second part um, with, with using prayer as a tactic. That's like the ego trying to, did your disease trying to, or my disease, trying to control me again spiritually. Says, oh, that always works, all that praying stuff. Let's do some of that, we'll be okay. Yeah. Rather than an actual genuine offer to my higher power saying, who can I phone? How can I help somebody else? What should I be doing for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Rather than just endlessly going on about, give me a quiet mind, I want peace, give me a quiet mind. All right, yeah. okay, I get yeah. it, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's all about turning. 
Suzanne. You're good. Hi. Okay. Hi. Hi. Susan. Hi, Susan. I am an, I am an alcoholic. Um, you know, that explanation now, I couldn't, I just, it's been, I don't know, it's been a couple of weeks. I do read the prayers. I do will pray in the morning. I just, it doesn't feel like I'm offering myself or living through that as you explained it. Um, until, you know, I, I was, I was a liar, cheater, thief, everything, because it was somebody else's fault. Same thing, but um, until, until I worked, until I worked the program, until I, until I asked God for for help. And you know, the other day I wasn't I was in a situation. I was in a situation. I I made a mistake, and and what crossed my mind was, oh, just say you didn't get it. And I'm like, all right, God. I need your help. Um, I need to continue to live this program. I need to be in that moment. And, and that's what happened. I didn't, I won't, I just didn't lie. And mm-hmm. that's not my default. My default is mm-hmm. just say you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes a little work to get there. It does take this honesty. Um, I did ask God. I I raised my hand now because I need to be a part of this. Um, I can go to meetings twice a day, which I am, and I still can feel alone. Mm-hmm. Um, or not part of for whatever's going on that day. So mm-hmm. I am so grateful to be here, and I really thank you, Randy. That's thank it. you, Susan. Great to see you. Okay, Kathy. Hi, everyone. Hi, Randy. Thank you so much. God, I always get so much out of these meetings and your share, Randy. Um, You know, I've had, I've I've been really um, experiencing a lot of emotion lately in the last month. Um, And, um, and, and, and experiencing also because of the guidance that I've gotten from this, from this meeting and this group, you know, feeling the feelings and then going to my higher power, but it, it still takes me a while, you know, it still takes me a while. And, and I'll just give you a couple of examples of, of how this, how my alcoholism shows up and then what I have to do about it. Um, I've, I've had this apartment up for sale in New York city and I sold it. Yay. Yeah. It, it, it got sold. And, um, you know, I went from being, and, and, you know, I, I specifically remembered something I heard you talk about, Randy, in one of your podcasts about how one morning you walked into your, you know, in, in the other bathroom to put some laundry in your laundry, in your laundry basket. And you were feeling depressed. You just were feeling really depressed at that moment. Um, and it took you a while to really get out of it. And I, I have been feeling really depressed the whole time that I've been working on this apartment, having it up for sale, um, thinking, oh my God, it's not going to sell. What am I going to do? I'm having financial insecurity. You know, all these thoughts, all these depressing, negative, fault-finding thoughts came into my head. So, okay, I sell the apartment and for about three days, I was so happy and I was thanking (laughs) God and I was so joyful and I, like everything lifted. I felt freedom. I felt so much, you know, serenity. And then three days later, the thought came, okay, now what do I have to do? Okay. I'm going to move. I'm moving out of New York city. I'm moving to Pittsburgh to be closer to my family. That was my, that was what was going on here. So the, the idea of, I'm, I, I'm going into fault finding. What am I going to do in Pittsburgh? How am I going to survive there? How am I going to make friends? How am I, you know, on and on and on. And finally, this tape and this crazy alcoholism in my head, um, I finally took a couple of days off and just spent a lot of time listening to podcasts, listening to you and going into my big book and really going into the steps again and recognizing that I have to just keep taking this action of surrender, 
to God and going to God, you know, and, and, and that's been helping me. And I, you know, yesterday went online and found all sorts of AA meetings in Pittsburgh and I'm looking for an apartment there online, you know, and I'm taking the action rather than finding fault, being in fear and being stuck and getting depressed. And, you know, I, I just am very grateful for, for this, this format and this method of, understanding what I have to do in that moment of mm. surrendering in that moment to move into a much calmer and happier space. So yeah. thank you for letting me share. Thanks. Thanks, Kathy. That's awesome. I'm glad you sold the apartment. It's also great to have that experience. Now I can look back and think, oh, the apartment sold. Everything worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. I didn't have to spend one minute of the last two years worrying about anything. It all worked out. It always works out. Everything up until this moment right now, every single thing in my life has worked out so that I could be right here right now with the, with the health that I have, the car that I have, the house that I, it's all worked out perfectly. I could have been relaxed. I could have enjoyed it. I could have enjoyed the process. Because that's all there is. Okay. Daz, you're up. Yeah, hi, Daz and alcoholic. Thank you, Andy, for taking me in. And Paul, for your service. Uh, truly loved this meeting on a Saturday night, I must admit. Uh, yeah, just want to go up about step five. You know, step five, I didn't leave anything unturned. I, in fact, I've left no... Uh, I've gone in with my full heart and surrendered to everything. And hmm. But step five, I left nothing. I left nothing at the door. I went through everything and, and for days I was going, even 20 pence, and I don't mind saying this to everyone, 20 pence that I'd stolen off, and you might not know that, a quarter to you Americans, 20 pence off my nan when I, anything and everything I could think of, that was it. I was handling it. And do you know what? I slept like I'd never slept in my life. It was, it was like a spiritual experience in itself because it was just gone. Literally everything had gone. It was truly humbling for me. Uh, and that enables me to do a step 10 continuous now, continuous every day with, I haven't got all these things running in my head, my alcoholic mind of, even though you don't come out with it every day, it's still there. But I haven't got any of that because I was just totally, totally honest. Mm. First time in my life where it was just have it, have it all, you know, until it was all gone. But I'd like to talk about step nine, if I may, as well. This week, I had a truly humbling experience with nine. I was flying uh, Holland, and uh, I was on the plane, and I was a nightmare on the plane. I used to think that I was quite a nice drunk. I wasn't a nice drunk. I was an alcoholic, simple as that. But I would be on a plane, and I'd go, oh, yeah, to the stewardesses, can I have a couple of drinks? But really, I should have just said, look, can you just leave the trolley? I'm an alcoholic. That will be enough for me to drink, thanks. Uh, but I'd always ask for two and then two more and two more and they're trying to work and I'd be irritated. But I look at it now and I understand it. But I didn't put them on my list. I didn't put them on my men's list. But I realise now, even though people aren't of people establishments you might have missed, I've made a willing, a willingness to make amends to everyone that I come across. It was a real eye-opener for me because... I was like, I need to make amends to air stewardesses. I've been the right arsehole over the years. Uh, maybe not kicking off, but irritating drunk that's always in their ear going, hey, you've got to sell me a drink, tell me a drink, tell me a drink, you know, and I always needed a couple when we were landing so I could get to the bar afterwards. Mm. So uh, those stewardesses had some lot of love on that plane, believe me, for me. Being nice as anything, making amends. They don't know why I'm making it, but I'm making amends. Every extra, but it wasn't on my list. And it made me realise that every time I come across people or people or establishments, even though they're not on my list, I will make amends. It was a real big lesson for me this week. Awesome. But anyway, going back to five, five was good. They're all good. And thank you for the meeting, Randy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Daz. 
Tefeles. Time for at least one more. Well, I would take a moment to remind you that you're still breathing. <laughs> Just check in again with your breath. Check in with where you're at right now in the room that you're in. Get centered again. This is a uh, This is the best moment there ever was. This one that's happening right now. Because this is the only one that I'm alive in. That's it. This one. Doesn't get any better than this. Hmm. All right. I will uh, make an announcement or two. Um, this meeting meets on Saturdays and Wednesdays. Uh, Saturdays is the fifth step. Wednesdays is just a free-for-all. Uh, oh, Jeff's got his hand up. Jeff, you're up. <clears throat> Hi, Jeff. 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 Hi, Je
I was happy to listen to your announcements, man. That's okay. Let's do it. Um, I'm Jeff. I'm alcoholic. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, you said something earlier on and, um, you know, I am my problem, right? And I, I'm, I get in my own way all the time when I operate from a place of self and, um, and I didn't, I, uh, you know, we say, we throw around the, the phrase self can't fix self. And I, you know, a lot we say that a lot and but with no explanation of why you know and until i've lived it i haven't been able to really articulate it and i had a great experience with it this week you know it happens no matter how much i practice self is going to step in if it sees the opportunity to um well for whatever reason to try to derail things right you know and um and I had a, uh, an experience this week where I was able to see uh, along the lines of what you're talking about. When I go through the rote prayer, the routine, it's self trying to fix the situation by using what it knows, by using the prayer. I'm going to use this prayer to fix this so that I feel better. And that's very different for, than experiencing what the prayer says, what you said, you know, exactly as you said it. I can still fall into that trap very easily where I'm in pain, I want to get out of pain, I want to press the relief button, I'm gonna I'm gonna to go to God, I'm gonna say, God, can you be with me? Can you be rather than what would you have me do, God? Like and I don't know what the it's a fine line. <laughs> but when I cross over from fix me, God, to just take me, God, that's when I find the relief. And the reason I can't go to me for the solution to the problem that I created because the same fear-based delusional mind that created the problem is going to give me a fear-based delusional solution to the problem. That's why it doesn't work. That was what my experience was this past week. I'm asking me what I think about a problem and how to fix that problem. And that doesn't work because it's going to come, it's going to be based on fear. It's going to be based on the delusional thinking if there's no God in it. And so if I take a moment to get quiet, and I want relief. Trust me, I, I am an addict and an alcoholic. I want immediate relief. And the mo- and when I turn to God and I don't get that immediate relief, my disease says, see, this doesn't work. This God thing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And what I have learned is I need to sit with it until it does work. And, it, and don't do anything. Mm. Don't... Not doing is one of my greatest tools. Just sitting, waiting, listening. And then I'm able to hear, yeah, you see how you got in your way there? Let's try not to do that. Let's let's slow down, Jeff. Let's let let's, let's do this here. And I gotta tell you, this is not big stuff that happened this past week. It's it's little stuff, it's it's little communications. The sideways, a little, you know, snarkiness. That's it's not a big deal, but it's still like just like my body is so sensitive to anything I put in it anymore. So is my spirit. My spirit is so sensitive to any little disagreement, you know. And the disease will look for that and and say, "You're going to blow this up. This is what you do." And that's enough to get me, you know, sideways for a for a good portion of a day, if not multiple days, until I can take that breath, there's so much healing in a breath. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, uh, that's what living it means for me. Like, okay, I'm not going to just repeat this thing and hope that it's going to you know, fix it. I'm actually, you know what I got to do? I got to be different in this situation the next time I do that. That to me is, that's, that's where the healing is. Um, so anyway, good to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Perfect. 1230. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you more than you'll ever know for coming and meditating with me today and, and hanging out with me today. And, uh, I hope that this was helpful and 
We'll take a moment and a moment of silence, and then I'll make it so you can unmute yourself and we can all do the serenity prayer together. Yay. like to, you can unmute yourself. God. Grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to taste the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yay. Namaste, everyone. Namaste. Thank you. 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 The listening's getting better. Yeah. The listening's getting better. I don't know. <laughs> it's not the sharing, it's the listening. It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent in the listening, not in the speaker. Hundred percent. I think I got the proper page written down this time too, Randy. Thank you, Val. Oh I, my God. I put my space. I put my so, my spacer so in there. It's so good to hear you talk about delighted again, though. Right? This practice. Delighted is nice. I'm happy if you share that every week. I try to. I try yeah. to share it every week in the Can fifth you do step. That, please? In the fifth step. <laughs> With Randy, can I ask you a quick a question? Sure. Um, it's just about the the, the complaining doesn't work, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But. In the process of sharing with another fellow or a sponsor or whatever, then I would love to skip the story, but I can't skip the story, do you know what I mean, to, to get to my part in a way. I'm not doing the columns that sometimes there's a lead in, you know, we need to tell stuff. And it it's so uncomfortable. I know that it can activate. So I don't want to be saying negative stuff about someone else, but it so it, there's sort of conflict with it. It's, I just find it really hard. <laughs> It's very hard not to confess the faults of others. That's all we talk about all the time. If you don't complain about others, you will have practically nothing to say. Yeah, that's, that's And by you, I mean me. Yeah. And the other thing that's so interesting is that's how we ask for help. We alcoholics can't say, can you help me? Our egos are way too big for that. So we just complain about everybody and everything in our life. But really, when an alcoholic is complaining, they're asking for help. And so there's no need to hear the whole story. The story's the same. They're wrong. I'm right. Fuck them. <laughs> That's the story. The story never changes. So how many times are you going to tell the story? So the story, now the story's like this. I'm disturbed. I'm disturbed again. I'm finding fault with somebody. That's it. The details don't matter. What's the difference? What they did. All I'm going to do, like you said, all I'm going to do if I share the details of my complaint is re-energize the pain of the thing Thank that I'm you. complaining about. Beautifully put. Bugger, I want to remember that. <laughs> I'll never remember anything so irritating. You Absolutely. will. You will. You will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle you. You will not remember it. You will not learn it. You will intuitively know it will be downloaded to you in the moment. The next time you go to complain about somebody to your sponsor to try to get relief from the thing that you're complaining about is the memory of, oh, I'm upset again. Whenever oh, I'm disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. But the, the reason I'm complaining about it is the self is trying to fix itself because I'm trying to get to the, to, to the point about me without really including God in it. So it's mm. tussle. It's more like, I know this is not the right way to go, but it's like... You're not trying to fix... This. When you complain about someone else, you're not trying to fix yourself. You're trying to get someone else to agree with you. 
maybe looking for sympathy. Yeah. Make you to make you right. Yeah. Why else would you complain about somebody feel else? Yeah. Feel better for them. Yeah. 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 Misery yeah. loves company. True. Have a good day, guys. All right. Yeah. Good Thanks question. Time. That's a great question, Thanks by the way. That's a lovely good. meeting. Keep in 